And we're back with another episode of Conversations and Connections. We're the official podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson, the Prevention Coordinator for the agency. And just a reminder, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and we're continuing with that topic uh, this week. Uh, With me today, I have... Uh, Sergeant Brandon Lovell, he's an investigator uh, with the Nacogdoches Sheriff's Office. And um, Sergeant Lovell, thank you for uh, being such a good sport and coming by and uh, and doing this for us. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I guess first, if we begin, I want to briefly talk about your specific role at the at the Nacogdoches Sheriff's Department. Are you responsible for specifically sexual assaults, or does your do you cover other things as well? What exactly do you do? I do cover other things, what I'm going to call, but my main my main cases are sexual assaults against uh, women and children and, and men and uh, crimes against women and children. Okay. All right. So, you know, a lot of times people don't want to admit that their community has a problem with this or kind of like what we see. You know, I think people just uh, really don't want to own up that, you know, we do have, we do have some issues with this. And, uh, how big of an issue is sexual assault in deep East Texas? Do you see a lot of, a lot of this happening or? You do behind the scenes, you, you realize that there is a bigger problem that people do realize, uh, that's, that's out there. Um, Myself, I've arrested over uh, 50 individuals just in Nacogdoches County who's, who's, been arrested for sexual assault crimes mm-hmm. um we've been real the working with the district attorney's office been real successful uh, as of now we've had 10 10 pled uh, or i'm sorry had um 10 pled to, to out sentences mm-hmm. uh, prison sentences they didn't they didn't they didn't want to take it to trial so right 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 um you know, you did talk about crimes against women and children. In your experience, have you seen? Um, I guess, have you seen a lot of incidents where men are the victims? I have, but they've been younger boys. Okay, have, I haven't okay. seen adult. Okay, but I have seen a lot of younger, younger children. Okay, all right. So, and I guess also in your experience, are most perpetrators someone the victim knows, or is it a stranger, or maybe someone they've just met or do you do you know that i would say a very high percentage are the ones that um the the victim knows it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of uh in-home perpetrators whether they're the stepfather um even a neighbor okay and i think you know and i know we've internally here at the agency have talked a lot about this i think it's a common misconception that a lot of sexual assaults happen where the uh, perpetrator is a stranger and people don't, I don't think realize that maybe a lot, if not the majority of uh, perpetrators are someone that the victim knows. Oh yes. I've, I've since my time in Nacogdoches working these cases, I've worked um, youth, youth ministers, uh, preachers of a church, yeah. head of a church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are some things you would recommend to someone to remain safe and avoid a dangerous situation. Um, I guess, and I don't know, I guess it'd be whatever you would define as a dangerous situation, but are there just some common, common advice, common 
um, tips that you can share with us just to stay safe? Well, I look at more for watching, kind of take the same advice you would give your kids. Um, for your children, monitor your child's social media, uh, cell phones, make sure that you know the parents of the child's friends. Uh, don't tr be so trusting. And it's the same way as an adult who gets on social media and meets people from out of state or, or gets on these uh, sites that they try to uh, hook up with someone. Yeah. Well, and that kind of <laughs> that kind of leads to my next question. You know, as as common as it is, I think it's becoming more and more common uh, meeting people online, whether it's through a dating site or or an app or something like that. Uh, what are your thoughts about? that well just here last friday a 45 year old man in Nacogdoches county um had took a plea for 12 years he was filed on for online online solicitation of a minor and that minor was me i um portrayed myself as a 14 year old female on online okay and in turn we ended up having conversations within a week um we met there in Nacogdoches, and instead of meeting a 14-year-old girl, he met a 275-pound, 52-year-old <laughs> uh, man along with yep. about 20 other officers. Right. Can you, can you tell me what are, or if you don't want to tell me what app or what site you were using for this, what's, what's the most popular online site or application would you say is for people to try to meet each other or for alleged perpetrators or potential perpetrators trying to meet young kids? Well, you kind of think of special apps or special sites that, that find them, but this individual located me on Facebook. What he done was look through okay. certain friends that he had and seeing that the young girl that I was portraying, he seen as attractive and began speaking to me okay and it, it wasn't a a dating site it was actually just my own facebook page so so he hunted he hunted this and it happens all the time and a lot of parents don't realize that it doesn't have to be an app it's just a simple facebook page sure sure so what kind of frame of mind do you have to get yourself in to portray a 14 year old girl because and again, and no disrespect, <laughs> well, but you said you were 52 years old. I'm 55, and I'm trying to think. I don't know if I am caught up with the lingo, the slang, the and everything else that a 14 year old would know. Well, it it had caught me off guard because you know I've had a, had a lot of people trying to talk to me, guys, kids of that age, and when I've noticed this one individual, I noticed that he lived in the city of Nacogdoches. Uh huh. And I knew that, okay, he's hunting young girls. I needed to do something. And with 32 years of law enforcement experience, I I mean, I've been there, done that. I've just done the best <laughs> I can. Uh, it was odd getting messages at midnight telling me he was thinking of me and yeah. he would talk to me later. But I had to portray that part in order to get this case. And now he's going yep. to prison and he has a register for life as a sex offender. Mm. So over the years since you've been doing this, have you seen an increase in reported sexual assaults, would you say? Or is it going down? Is it kind of remaining the same? What What's your experience with this? In my my experience in my years, I never really worked sexual assault cases until I 
began in Nacogdoches okay. County for about five years, oh, years okay. ago. They're steady. I can't, I, I don't see a drop off, which is sad, but I mean, it's just steady cases. Um, I don't see whether, you know, during the summer it's anymore during the winter. It's just, it's a pandemic that, that doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. And in one case is too many. Yeah. But they, they continue. Right. Just last night I received a call and I'm, when I get through here, I'm headed to go really? bark another case. Yeah. Wow. Well. So I, I want to talk a little bit about one of the things, uh, you know, February was teen dating violence awareness month. And one of the things I was talking to students about were, uh, the age of consent laws in Texas and starting to get into statutory rape situations. Do you see a lot of that here in East Texas where let's say an 18 year old has a 15 year old girlfriend and they engage in sex? Technically that may be statutory rape, I guess. Uh, Well, you have the three years and there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, different laws and and you you something like that I always present to the district attorney's office and put the hard decisions on their you know, okay yeah. on their desk uh, sure any cases that I'm not sure of go to the grand jury and let yeah. someone outside of law enforcement look at it and see I mean yeah. by all means I do not ever want to overlook a case and and not give it an opportunity for a victim's survivor to have their day in court or to, to have that relief of knowing that that individual has been arrested. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's different steps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. And, and, and that's fine. And I know, you know, you have, you have that three year right. situation and, and now whenever I'll a little behind the scenes here, when I talk to high schoolers about that, I, I if they don't bring it up, I don't mention it. I was right. like, look, if they're under 17, don't do it. Right. right. <laughs> you know, but, uh, so you've been doing this now for specifically working sexual assault cases. You said for five years, it's a little over five years since I've been in Nacogdoches. Is that something that you were assigned to do or did you ask to work these kind of cases? I guess what, I guess kind of what I'm getting at is what, um, what makes you do every day what you do? It's, you know, some of these things that you see, I'm sure is, can be sickening, can be heart wrenching, but you, you see that all the time and what keeps you going? Well, I was, I was wanting to spend the rest of my years until retirement in Nacogdoches County working for Jason Bridges. We go back a long ways. And I, I just wanted to be the, the patrol deputy who rode around and, shook hands and kissed babies and just, you know, made his job being sure right. a lot easier. And it didn't work out that way. He told me he had a position for um, a sexual assault investigator that he wanted me to take. And I said, well, no, you misunderstood. I, I want to ride around and patrol my years. And and it's been re- rewarding. It, it is a lot. Of, I've had some cases that really hit hard for me from my experience and everything I've seen. I've had I've had one case in particular that, that still hits hard, but we were able to get all three of them sent to prison but um yeah it's it, sometimes it's really tough but i'm in a i'm with a team and when i say team i mean the family crisis center harold's mm-hmm. house uh the same nurses i mean it's it's it keeps you going sure and, and when you have a successful case 
it kind of it's kind of that restart button yeah you, you feel good you ready okay let's get the next one right and but it, it is tough it's something that i've never planned for <laughs> all right all right well is there anything you want to part ways with us on any words of wisdom or um one of the things that i've always seen that um the survivors out there just don't know don't ever want to talk or don't don't feel comfortable talking and there's always someone out there that that will listen and can help you and then they can bring that steam together yeah and we can put these uh predators these these people in jail sure all right again the investigator brandon lovell with the uh nacogdoches sheriff's office uh I know you got a busy day ahead of you, but I appreciate you driving uh, over here to Lufkin to uh, talk with us for a few minutes. Again, thank you for having me. All right. And again, if you feel like you need our services for anything here at the Family Crisis Center, we do have a 24-hour a day, seven-day-a-week hotline. That number is 1-800-828-7233. That's 1-800-828-7233. And don't forget, you can also subscribe to us via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or pretty much any podcast service of your choice. And remember, be the voice, if not for you, for someone else. Mm-hmm.